This is the Odd and Offbeat Podcast. Balls, welcome to the Odd and Off Beat Podcast, hosted by myself, Mr. Matthew Baker, and the ever-absent Louis Fox. That's right, uh, Louis and I had a scheduling conflict, so we were unable to record this week. That's okay, though, because we are tuning in to one of the classic episodes back in the day, and we will be back next week with a brand new episode. Be sure to give us a five-star review if you get a chance, and let's get to the weird news of the past, but for today. to some weird stuff. This story comes from themir.co.uk. That's a news source more reliable than a SWAT team on Ambien. <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty tough. <laughs> like, should we storm this uh, drug house? Ah, let's, let's just hang out. <laughs> Have a little, little shut eye. Let's and then... stab each other in the leg and see uh, <laughs> if, if we can feel it. I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to wake up in a little bit and have a sandwich. <laughs> So this story, it just came out. It's about some historical, something that happened 50, 60 years ago. Yeah, but it was just declassified by the man. Yeah. It goes like this. Declassified CIA documents show secret use of photographer spy pigeons in Cold War. That just proves that everyone can be a photographer now if pigeons were doing it in the 50s. Yeah, it's true. Like they're pretty much now everyone can have professional photographs. Like these pigeons like have Photoshop. (laughs) They got like they're editing it stuff. Color correcting that bad boy. (laughs) Secrets of Cold War spy pigeons have been revealed after the CIA declassified sensitive files from the time. I like that everyone got mad at the outing of Valerie Plame, but no one cares about the... uh pigeons being outed yeah what's interesting to me is like why they decided on pigeons right they're like sitting around a round table they're like what animals do you think could infiltrate the ussr and take sweet pictures (laughs) and this guy's like oysters (laughs) no that won't work clams (laughs) no that won't work either scallops slugs no do you even work here (laughs) what the hell are you doing in this intelligence committee it's like no i work for starkist though (laughs) i'm an oceanographer (laughs) you invited me most of the ussr doesn't touch water (laughs) this files from the 1960s and 70s reveal how pigeons were trained for clandestine missions photographing sensitive sites inside the soviet union the hardest part about teaching them how to do these photography was how to properly do the white balance (laughs) essentially this is like the original google earth it's it's like way google earth (laughs) google earth pigeon view you know all these traditional spies though they're like 
Our jobs are being taken away by pigeons. <laughs> All these pigeons. Pigeons. <laughs> the release also reveals how ravens were used to drop bugging device on windowsills and dolphins were trained for underwater missions. Yeah, because dolphins do. Do we know what the dolphins were being used for? They were doing like mine detection and well, and they were kind of suicide mission too, oh, I think. Yeah, totally. Where they would go hunt for mines and then blow them up. Yeah. So these ravens were used to drop bugs on the windowsills of people, I guess? Of buildings, yeah. Oh, gotcha. They're like, you're supposed to get Krushnikov. You got a mom with quintuplets. <laughs> you got Octomom. <laughs> oh, here's babies crying. <laughs> Goddamn ravens. That's better than your pigeons, though. All we got is pictures of sandwiches that were half eaten. <laughs> the CIA believed... Animals could fulfill unique tasks for the agency's clandestine operations behind the Iron Curtain at the height of tensions between Russia and the U.S. Can you imagine signing off on, like, Congress has to approve that budget? They're like, $80 million in 1950 money for a pigeon team. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. I like, we got that. a SEAL team, we'll do the pigeon team, right? Get rid of guns, no. Pigeons dropping <laughs> bugs on the windowsills, Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I wonder how they, like, recruited the pigeons, right? <laughs> <laughs> they just put the newspaper ad on the bottom of the uh, their cages. They wrap sandwiches in the ad. <laughs> Help needed. You must be two years old to join. <laughs> Are you a good flyer and hate Russia? Do <laughs> you want to serve your country? <laughs> The secret files are stored at the CIA's headquarters in Langley, Virginia, in a museum which is not open to the general public. Worst kind of museums ever. So I guess it's still secret then. Yeah. It's not available <laughs> to the general public. The 1970s operation, codenamed Takana, explored the use of pigeons with tiny cameras strapped to their bodies to automatically take photos the newly released files show. So Tacana is a South American volcano. What's funny is I have put a camera on my old cat. Uh-huh. And so there's like these small cameras you can buy and I hung it around the cat's collar and made it so it takes picture every three minutes. Mm. And so I let the cat out and it got all sorts of crazy photos. Yeah, Mo mostly of dead rats. <laughs> it caught a Kyrgyzstani spy. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was crazy. Like, I had other cat pictures, and uh, I was like, they take pictures of the neighborhood, and I'm like, I don't even know where that is in this neighborhood. It's going places that you don't even know. <laughs> it took advantage of the fact that the humble pigeon can be dropped somewhere they have never been before and have the amazing ability to find their way hundreds of miles back home. It's crazy, man. The humble pigeon... How humble is it after it just did a super secret mission <laughs> and then flew 100 miles back? Uh, after that, they're the bragging pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> you can't hang out with that pigeon anymore. <laughs> the pigeon's a douche. <laughs> so full of himself. I just helped a guy play chess at the park. <laughs> I remember when you were a humble pigeon. <laughs> they changed you. <laughs> the use of pigeons for communications date back thousands of years, but it was in World War I that they began to be used for intelligence gathering. Now, I used to use a pigeon to communicate with my mom. I would find a pigeon and be like, hey, ask mom if it's okay if I stay out after curfew. And then it comes back. It's like, coo. <laughs> coo? Coo. And then it didn't come back, so you assumed it was okay. Yeah. It said, said <laughs> coo, mom. logic. Oh, coo. Oh, cool. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In World War II, a little-known branch of British intelligence, MI-14, ran a secret pigeon service which dropped birds in a container with a parachute over occupied Europe. Yeah, because birds can't fly. Yeah, like, <laughs> These birds need a parachute. Little mini parachute. They have to go through, like, parachute training. 
<laughs> They're jumping out of a helicopter. A backup parachute. What we should get is birds that fly. Yeah. <laughs> a questionnaire was attached. In, a questionnaire. A questionnaire was attached in more than a guess, thousand pages. Guess who likes you? <laughs> Check here if you have uranium. Check yes if you hate England. <laughs> thousand pages returned with messages including details of V1 rocket launch sites and German radar stations. One message from a resistance group produced a 12-page intelligence report sent directly to Churchill. And that's like, do you know how many pigeons you have to have at typewriters to get a 12-page? <laughs> Most of it was like, the Germans love to eat pigeons. <laughs> that's what we've learned from this. After the war, a special pigeon subcommittee of Britain's Joint Intelligence Committee looked at options for the Cold War, but didn't pursue the use of pigeons. Well, but after they were successful in, in the uh, Cold War, the actual the pigeons were awarded the Congressional Earthworm of Freedom. <laughs> nice. However, the CIA continued exploiting pigeon power and also trained a raven to deliver and retrieve small objects of up to 40 grams from windowsills of inaccessible buildings. You need to roid up that raven so it can lift more than 40 grams. Yeah. If I was uh, alive during when all this was happening, I would use a drug raven. Ah, right? yeah. Like you don't, it's like, you know, the drug monkey in those hangover movies. Like, <laughs> yeah. like technically you're not the one dealing the drugs. It's the monkey that's delivering the, uh, that's the packages, smart. Right? Yeah. Use an intermediary. A flashing red laser beam was used to mark the target and a special lamp would draw the bird back. The CIA secretly delivered a listening device by bird to a windowsill, although no audio was picked up from the intended target, the BBC reports. So basically they're just telling us there was an awesome failed mission. Yeah. The CIA also looked at whether migratory birds could be used to place sensors to detect whether the Soviet Union had tested chemical weapons. We did a story about a crane that picked up a guy's phone oh, in yeah. Africa, right? Yeah. And it flew like 5,000 miles. Yeah, the phone was, he was using an old phone as a GPS device on the bird. Oh, he attached it to the bird. That's yeah, and was. then the bird was like, peace, I'm out, and the bird left. <laughs> Someone shot it down. <laughs> yeah, I think something like that happened. I have to remember this. Another story. operation called Acoustic Kitty involved placing listening devices inside a cat. And we have that fact in one of the uh, strange stories from the time capsule with yes. Dr. Henry. Yes, they they actually, it worked. They had a phone that was inside of a cat. No, it was, so what it was, they wired the cat's brain to a receiver like 50 feet away, and the guy would whisper into the cat's ear, and the guy could hear it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. You never know when you don't have another end of a phone yeah. and you have a cat available <laughs> and, and a bunch of soldering tools. A <laughs> bunch of surgical, neurological <laughs> tours. This is in the 1950s, though. Like, I think in 1950, before we had OSHA and human rights, we were like an inch away from Frankenstein. Oh, absolutely. In the 1960s, the files show the CIA also looked at using dolphins for harbor penetration, yeah. but found problems in handing over control from a trainer who had worked with the dolphin to a field agent. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just have the trainer be the field agent? Yeah, that seems silly. It seems like a, a, a simple step. Because we weren't on the, this board of <laughs> the directors at the CIA. By 1967, the CIA was spending more than $600,000 on three top secret programs, Oxygas for Dolphins, Axiolite involving birds, and Ketchel with dogs and cats. When they put the phone in the cat, they're like, can you hear me out? Stop. Stop. Did you actually write that I down? I wrote that down. Oh! I wrote it down for two sentences Kill. ago, and I didn't get it, it out. It kills me. It kills me. So I think that this is interesting. I, I love the idea of carrier pigeons. I love the idea of using pigeons 
for this sort of stuff. I'm not a fan of like the suicide dolphins or the cat phone. Yeah. Well, and the, we did, we are, sir, we looked up another one that they had were bat bombs. Yes. Where they would have a bunch of bats and they would strap like time bombs on them. And then they would drop a cage of bats into your town and the bats would go fly around yeah. and then go to sleep in buildings and then they'd start blowing up buildings everywhere. Oddly, I'm kind of into that, but, <laughs> but the other one's not so much. <laughs> that, not just weird. <laughs> I have no idea why. <laughs> cat phone. Cat lives. <laughs> Everyone's happy. Who wouldn't want a cat phone? <laughs> and then your like... cat calls. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'm deleting that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do we think about this? I mean, I'm a fan of them, especially using the, the technology of the day where they went. That was like super old school. Yeah. Well, I'm a little upset that they released the information that they did this, but we can't see the photos. Like, yeah. I would love to see some pigeon photos. Yeah. Right? Let's... Like, my cat photographs. And we will po- we should post one of my cat yeah. photographs. It's pretty awesome, man. I would love to see what pigeons took. It's like, oh, there's the, uh, the uh, leader of the Soviet Union was actually bald. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's me pooping on Stalin. <laughs> That's what you do if you train him to poop on Stalin. <laughs> <laughs> Stalin was dead in the 50s. Now, we had a rejected... We had a rejected story Khrushchev. because Khrushchev. there wasn't much there. It was a politician giving a speech about too much pigeon poop and a pigeon poops <laughs> on his head. Damn straight. <laughs> P- protest. And pigeon's like, I work for the CIA. <laughs> and you don't give me the decency to I come from a long line of CIA pigeon photographers. I serve my country overseas behind enemy lines. I have earned the right to poop wherever I want. <laughs> you can't take it away from me. <laughs> it's, my, it's my fifth amendment right. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is a pretty cool story and I hope they open it up someday to the general public so that we can all see it. Yeah, I want to see some dog cat pictures. I want to see it all. Yeah, I like it. And now, it's time for Strange Stories from the Time Capsule with Dr. Henry. Grover Cleveland was the only president who was also an executioner. Story Part Two. This story comes from Gizmodo.com. That's a news source more reliable than the taste of some delicious vaped salmon. Vaped salmon? It's like smoked salmon. Just gives you ah, popcorn lung. Blueberry flavored, <laughs> cotton candy flavored salmon. Yes. Somewhere there's a native guy on the side of the road shedding a tear. <laughs> this story starts out in the animals section on this site, and it says mass explosion of bull semen after fire at genetics lab. Now, we did a story in episode 46 about a uh, 23andMe for cows called Tutter. Yeah. No, it's not a 23andMe. Oh, it was a dating site. It's a Sorry. dating site. It's a hookup site for <laughs> yes. cows so that farmers can connect their cows with bulls, you know, like, I don't know, strong bulls or whatever. I forget what it was, but... It was so that they could, you know, hook them up and get them impregnated, essentially. Yeah, the old-fashioned way, not with the uh, genetics lab. <laughs> An arranged hookup <laughs> by their parental figures. <laughs> exactly. This story starts out, A fire in an Australian genetics laboratory has caused 100 cryogenic cylinders containing bull semen 
to explode, destroying thousands of dollars worth of semen stock, according to Australian news outlets. The laboratory is full of semen stock and Walt Disney's head. <laughs> 100 cryogenic cylinders containing bull semen to explode. Red Bull might have to halt their production after this. <laughs> But who knew that bull semen was so flammable? Let's not let this get out to the Taliban. Yeah. <laughs> more explosive than C4. It's, it's beef B2. <laughs> Firefighters were dispatched to the Yaram herd service in Gippsland, Victoria, around 3 o'clock a.m. on Tuesday morning. It took responders two hours to contain the fire, according to Australia's ABC News. Gippsland Firefighter Commander Chris Loschikenkel told ABC that the situation presented unusual difficulties for the fire crews that fought the blaze. The most difficult part is when they call the chief, and they're like, Chief <laughs> Yeah, the most difficult part is telling your wife or husband what caused the fire today. <laughs> they're like, the fire is raging, just like this bull's herpes. Tell my kids I love them. I'm going to be in the shower for the next three years. <laughs> I'm going to go light myself on fire and have third-degree burns, but trust me, I'll be healthier. I'm going to brush my teeth until it bleeds. <laughs> Firefighters went into a defense mode initially to protect themselves because... <laughs> from, from herpes. Because <laughs> from... <laughs> here's the thing. Once you get the bovine herpes and you go to the doctor and they're like, you have bovine herpes, you have anything you want to tell me? They're like, honestly, I was, I was a firefighter. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is Australia. <laughs> yeah. Because there was also LPG liquefied petroleum gas cylinders at the neighboring property, and they did a magnificent job, Loshikol told ABC. There was a couple of other flammable liquid cylinders stored within the building, which did cause projectiles to exit the building. <laughs> Projectile. It's a semen missile. It's a bulkaki. <laughs> Bonnie Barkmayer, a journalist with Wynn News Gippsland, who was on the scene, also reported the firefighters were threatened by projectiles. <laughs> so messed up. <laughs> I would just let this one burn. So there's a picture of the site where the fire started, and it looks like a place where moonshine is made. <laughs> it does not look like a cryogenics lab. <laughs> It looks like a shack. It's like they were drinking the moonshine. They're like, this is some strong stuff. What's the secret? Oh, a whole lot of bull. <laughs> <laughs> Authorities are investigating the cause of the fire. Yarum Herd Services has reportedly been in operation for 20 years, providing herd testing, freeze branding, consultation, and artificial insemination to local farmers. Committee vice chairman of the company, Aaron Thomas, told ABC that 100 cryogenic cylinders were lost in the fire. He said that each container was worth 340 to 685 US dollars, excluding semen, and the semen inside them varies in price. Yeah, on the street value, how far down you cut it. <laughs> we, we talking, we're talking what level the drug dealer. <laughs> and, yeah, the semen inside them varies in price. Ain't that the truth, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're coming into the AI season. I like how, how I can see some like, tech conference where the guy's selling the technology for freezing the bull semen and the guy who's doing it and they're talking about i need some ai for your ai 
It's like artificial intelligence for my artificial insemination. Uh, so the season started, so there would have been substantial amounts of semen inside the tanks that we've lost, which was owned by our local farmers, and it could range in value from $5 per straw to $95 per straw. I love how they measure the amounts of semen by the same way that kids drink chocolate milk. <laughs> or, by straws. Or how you decide who's getting pushed off the life raft. <laughs> Jeez. Now, I did I did a, a a little bit of research into how to collect uh, semen from a bowl. Uh-huh. Basically, you shove this it. This is before the story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. This is on my free time. <laughs> Basically, you shock its beehole. Okay. And then like it, electric, electric shock its butt? Yep. Okay. Well, you stick a thing into its anus, it shocks it, and then it comes. Really? Yeah. Who knew? Uh, apparently, due to the sex store knew. <laughs> because I didn't do this research on the internet. <laughs> He was asked the dude, how do I get a bull to come? <laughs> yep. He's like, here's Prod, what you need. Prod its butthole. <laughs> Thomas told the news outlet many farmers had semen stock in the now destroyed building. It's going to be a huge blow, especially for our farmers, he said. I feel like a lot of these uh, statements are purposely innuendo-based. Yeah. Right? Unless, because they're an Australian, they're so not innuendo-based oh, yeah, based on slang. But they don't know who caused the fire. I mean, we've seen fires at Planned Parenthoods, for fertility clinics, but this has gone too far. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a scorned cow. Yeah. <laughs> but the police have ruled out a jealous X, X lover of one of the bulls. <laughs> so, could be a cow, could be a farmer. You don't know. So what do we think about this? It sucks for the farmers. Hopefully, uh-huh. hopefully there's insurance, but it does set them back a little bit because now they got to go reharvest. And got to do it the old fashioned way. And based on the e-how article I read <laughs> on how to harvest this, it does not look like a fun process. <laughs> It was like, be sure your gloves go up to your shoulders. I hope they have like a reserve, like the seed bank in Iceland, right? Like, you know, like underground somewhere they have like, these are the most priceless bull semen. This is the great albino bull. (laughs) They're cloning them. It's a Jurassic Park for bulls. They're pulling bull DNA out of amber. Yeah, Amber Amber is the name of a cow. (laughs) At least they have the, we did the Tudder story. At least that exists. So maybe they could, you know, fall back on that and yeah. maybe, you know. Well, maybe we don't need cryogenics in bulls having sex with cows. Yeah. Just have, have them go in the field and do their thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these aren't like show bulls, I, I would imagine. Yeah, maybe they are. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, it's it's unfortunate that that happened and um, it sucks for the people who were relying on that. But yeah, it's unfortunate, but it is uh, quite funny. And who knew that it was so flammable? But I would love to hear the get the call on the uh yeah, we got a fire down at the uh, bull semen plant. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, hang up. Yeah, call again. Hey, we got a fire. Yeah, we heard you. We get the Yeah, no one wants to respond. <laughs> this is a volunteer fire department. We're busy playing solitaire here. <laughs> We're busy making chili. <laughs> and this would be a good story, you know, for the round table of future firefighters yeah. holiday parties. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> cool. I like it. That's it for today, folks. We want to thank you so much for listening. If you want to check out where Louie and I will be performing, you can do so on our respective sites. That is louiefox.com and comedystuntshow.com. You can sign up for our Patreon by clicking on the Patreon link on our website, which is oddandoffbeat.com. 
And for a couple bucks a month, you get a free episode and some cool swag from the road. We hope you have a weird week, folks. We hope you enjoyed this, and we are out. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Odd and Offbeat podcast. Stay weird. Today's show is sponsored by Spirit Airlines. We're hoping to get enough money to paint our planes by 2025. Laziness, that's the spirit.